Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. Welcome everyone to this bonus episode. We are so excited to have with us today Italian women's rugby superstar and Exeter front row, Silvia Turani. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you for inviting This podcast has only been going a month um, and so we're so thrilled to have you here because anything you can add to our very basic knowledge that we're trying to spread and promote in English about Italian rugby um, is so welcome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Prego. That means you're welcome, doesn't it? You're welcome. Prego. I know Prego. That. I know yeah. that. I'm not sure you can use it Learning. like that, though. Can you? Yeah, you can. When you go, you, you can say you're welcome and go prego, prego, like after you. Ah, see. Um, yeah, yes. like if, if someone, if you're like holding if I, the door open. Yeah. Since you're teaching us Italian. See. Si. <laughs> but I've had two weeks off because of the Easter holiday. And you can tell, unfortunately. I mean, just you be come back stronger than before. See. Si, si, yeah. Certo. Well, that's what we want to start with. So how's the recovery going? How's the hand fracture coming? So, as you can see, hand is uh, still in the cast. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just took a scan yesterday and still broken. And uh, we just took a scan uh, hoping for Michael because it's been only two weeks now. Yeah. So I think we are taking a scan every week from now to whenever it's okay. So we're just going to cross everything that either for Scotland or Wales. Yeah, you can yeah. cross your fingers. <laughs> when you're sort of injured in, in a... In a professional camp because I've never been in a professional camp you know do you still take part in all the meetings I mean you can't train but do you go to training sessions just to see what's still going on and keep up to date with everything or so I think it really depends from one team to the other for example for us as an Italian team I got injured in the first game against France mm. and I stay with the team the following week the week before England just because I took my scan on Tuesday and just to see how to sort everything with the physio and everything. Then uh, we chose, together with the staff, to send me home just before they went to England, so on Friday. Just because here I live not too far from Parma, that is where we played and where we are based. And so I come back to my like parents' house and not back to England where I played this season. And so it's lovely. And also there is a really good physio near home here so that I'm just doing all my physio stuff and uh, preparation and everything with him. And uh, all the Italian staff agrees because they really trust him. And so it's like an exceptional case and they leave me to go home. Otherwise, you can also choose to stay with the team. But normally, when it happens, you go home. Also, because lots of has and has some work to do, job at home, so that it's more convenient just to go home, be able to work, be able to spend time with the family. Yeah. You know, when you're injured, also like it's also personal. But for me, it's tough to stay in camp while I'm injured mm -hmm. because uh, you participate to all the meetings. But actually, you know that all what you're talking about, you will not like be on the pitch and do what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so just got me really kind of nervous being there for the meetings and everything. Then it's nice from the other point of view, because of course, if you're in camp, you can spend time with the girls. That is always very good. But at the same time, it's also, you will be replaced by another player that will be able instead of you. And yeah. so it's right that that new player has his own space and everything and you're not 
there. And I suppose in your case, as you say, it's nice that you get to stay home and you don't yeah. have to come back to England and yeah. you're living with lovely weather. Yeah, but today that is really like uh, rainy. You just said you live in near Palmer. I've, I've been to Palmer. <laughs> and I, I've seen a very sort of famous video of you now when you're sort of being interviewed before the Six Nations and you're sort of casually doing your hair <laughs> and just sort of slating British food. <laughs> Saying that you you wash the chicken under the sink because we it's so disgusting. It. <laughs> it's, I, I, I love it. You come across like a, a real boss in that. But <laughs> the weather in Palmer is pretty rainy and grey. <laughs> I would actually say the weather in Exeter is probably nicer than the weather in Palmer. That's way too much. I mean, <laughs> too much. I didn't know that it was recorded, but while when I said all the things I said about the English food and the weather, I'm ready to change my mind. But still, what I think about that. So... And yeah, I agree. I agree. Like Parma, it's famous in Italy because it's a foggy city. Yeah. And there is a lot of fog in like winter, autumn. But right now it's lovely because it's sunny. Like yesterday it was like 25 degrees. It was super clear and good. Oh. And also the food is way better than accident in Parma. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think anyone can argue with that. Rubbish. Look, look what happened to Stuart Hogg. Stuart Hogg, look at the lovely tan Stuart Hogg has. And he lives in Exeter. Yeah, but he probably go to console like me, that is like a company to do sun bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But to be honest, in Exeter, except from the weather, it's really nice living in Exeter. I mean, is it's it? not a city, yeah. Well, actually, you know, we're talking about sort of your home. I'm really curious to understand how you first sort of discovered rugby, your first introduction with it, because from what I've managed to read, and maybe I'm wrong, it sounds like you discovered it while you were doing Erasmus in Spain. Yeah, that's <gasps> right, yeah. So it was my second year of uni, so I was like 21 years old, and I was spending, I was studying gastronomic science in Parma, and I was living abroad for one year, the second year in Spain, and I was in a, at a party with some girls, and these girls told the, the birthday girl, oh, we are here, but our present for you is just that we miss training tonight. And I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> what sports do you do? And I said, rugby. And I was like, oh, that's good. Can I try a training? And I said, yeah, you, of course you can come tomorrow, but it's the last training of the season. Then, then we have a tournament this weekend and then it's off. I was like, okay, I will come anyway. So I went. I don't remember anything about the first training. And I only remember that I played the tournament on the weekend, but it was like a really, really like fun tournament uh, because it was straight before the feria. That is like a big party they have in Cordoba. Mm -hmm. And then when I went home during the summer, uh, I was living in Parma and there is like in Parma, there were many teams, female teams. Most of them were like seven playing in Coppa Italia. That is like a developer um, championship we have in Italy. And then there was Colorno, that is mm, the team near Parma, 15. Uh, but it was really good because one of the best in Italy and like going for the championship and everything. And I'm asking people like, oh, uh, who I have to call? And they were like, oh, not try Colorno because they are too strong. They will never accept you. It's like going to, I don't know, Juventus and ask, I want to play football for you. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, I have to try. So I sent an email and nobody replied. 
And I was like, oh, Silvia, you did, like, they told you, you just, you don't have to do. And uh, so I just go for CrossFit or some other sports. Then it was like kind of November. And I said, you know what, I just want to try rugby again. So I call and they told me, yeah, yeah, that's the number of the coach, call him. So I call him and he was like speaking with a stronger Argentinian accent. And he was like, yeah, just come tomorrow, bring your like boots and everything. And I was like, I don't have any boots. I don't have anything. I just have leggings I use in the gym and that's all what I have. And so I went and of course, all the girls then, it's been like a joke for years after because I went with leggings and like, trainers and everything <laughs> but it was fun I enjoyed that and uh from that point I started training in Colorno and play for Colorno and it was just like unbelievable that is amazing yeah it was good and I I did really know anything about rugby the only thing about rugby I knew that in Parma there is like a male team that we call it Zebra yeah oh yeah and uh before even start playing rugby I went out some night and there was some zebra boys and just spent some time with them but that's all what I knew about rugby wow but so you must have been quite sporty regardless before right like to just go oh I'm gonna give rugby a go you Mm. must have been pretty sporty yeah when I was a child I was really like a sports child I've Mm. been playing like a basketball from 5 to 13 14 years old then from like 12 to yeah 21 I suffered from like uh, eating disorder and so it was like just considering sports or physical activity a way to lose weight or just to burn calories. So it was like, it was not a, a age in my life where I was a sporty person. Mm-hmm. To me at that age, at that stage of my life, sport was really all about fitness and lose, cal- yeah. lose weight. So I think that's also why I did really enjoy rugby because it for me like an opportunity to see my body, my life and everything from a dis- different perspective. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. So, and that, and that was it. And then Colorno was where you started. So at this point, just, um, so you start in Colorno and then the move is to... France. So I start in Colorno and uh, I spent three uh, seasons in Colorno. Then the fourth season there, there was COVID. So it was like kind of oh. not cleaning season because there was COVID. And the end of that season, I moved to France, to Grenoble, because I was doing it that age like a master it was a double degree the mm-hmm. first year in italy and the second year in france in grenoble i spent one year there then uh, i broke my acl at the end of the season uh, yeah. and uh, so i decided to come back to italy to get rated in italy and the next season i just was out like not planning because it took a lot of time to a yeah. tough injury and uh, I just played one game for Colorno at the, the semifinals, I guess, at the end of the season. And then uh, this season, I moved to Exeter in England. So you speak Italian, English, French and Spanish? Yeah. Well, not perfectly, but I can understand and like communicate with people. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh... Eddie, how's your level six of Italian going? <laughs> Bene. Mi gustaría comprar unos zapatos rosa de plástico. That's, that's my Spanish. Mix, so my... That, no, that's just my Spanish. <laughs> How I speak French now. Yeah, my when French I'm... is um, Je joue le football dans le château. With this English accent as well, it's just beautiful. <laughs> Eddie, you know more Spanish than I do. And I lived there for two years. <laughs> Where did you live? I lived in Barcelona. Oh, that's cool. Coach, what's your excuse, excuse for not speaking any any language other than Italian? Well, well to be fair, I try... they don't really speak much Spanish in Barcelona. They, well, they, this they, is the they, thing. They... I, I tried to learn Spanish. And then I tried to use Spanish and then they would automatically just refer me back to English. Wow. And then if I went to the wrong shop and I did and I spoke Spanish, 
they wanted me to speak in Catalan. So <laughs> basically, true. I couldn't I couldn't really win. So I just <laughs> I just I just gave up. The Brits don't travel well anyway, no. so they probably thought I was here to like smash up the place or <laughs> cause a fight on the beach, uh, which which yeah. you never that, did. Never did. No, actually, I did. I played a little bit of rugby, and the the coach of the local club, which was Pablo No, he was the England's women's rugby coach who won the World Cup a few about four or five years ago. Wow! So, yeah, down in Barcelona. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. This podcast isn't about you, coach. <laughs> Look, <laughs> when you were in Grenoble, did you did you ever see such an obvious question? Did you ever see little Capuzzo? Honestly, we lived together because um, when I was in Grenoble, I stayed in a like a residence for the players, and there were like twenty boys and me as a girl. So it was the only girl there. Oh my god! And, yeah, it was good. I <laughs> lost being with the boys, so it was good. And uh, and lived there as well. Did you help him with his Italian? Yeah, but he doesn't speak Italian like really, really well. And uh, when he speaks Italian, he has such a strong like a. Uh, accent from the south of Italy and I'm from the north so sometimes <laughs> the accent is strong I can't understand so it was like okay let's speak French it's easier yeah because he's from Napoli I think like yes yeah, so yeah. he's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing um yeah, well, it was good and so now you're at Exeter and you're enjoying it yeah I do really enjoy it. it's completely different from like I've been not in a team for a while because I was injured yeah. this season so for me, just being back, and yeah, of course, I went to the World Cup. But, you know, when it's World Cup and national team, it's completely different from the like, club life. And just the opportunity to be back with a team, it's amazing. And uh, like Exeter, I do really like both the team. That's really, really international one. We have Canadian, uh, Americans, oh. uh, Welsh, Irish, uh, Australia, New Zealand, it's really, really international. So cool. So this gives me the opportunity, of course, to like enlarge my network and also like to learn English because it's all different accents. Is there anyone on the team that whose accent is like the most difficult to understand? To me, the most difficult is uh, Liv, that is our number 10 and she's new, from New Zealand. Everyone told me like, you will find the Irish one the most difficult, <laughs> but the Irish girl, I can perfectly understand them. It's just like, I don't know why. For me, I think Scottish. Sometimes like a really thick yeah. Scottish That's is true. really yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Scottish as well, yeah. But then even just the people like... of Exeter with their West Country accents. Yeah. Yeah, it's sure. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Um... I mean, when I'm doing my level six Italian, you know, we don't think about accents. When Eddie comes, you know, when we go back to Italy, if we go to the north, you find it a lot easier to understand than if we're yeah. down in Sicily, for yeah. example. For me, like I went to Sicily two years ago and also for me, it's kind of difficult to understand them sometimes yeah oh because also there's it's not just the language it's also like the dialect so yeah um, suddenly you're like yeah. these words don't exist where are you from Heli? are you italian uh, i'm from sicily so i'm okay, but yeah. i was born in rome but my my family is from Isole Alias or Ligari. Okay. Oh, that's good. Obviously, we support Benetton. And, you know, I've nailed my Veneto Italian accent. Just I give I... us an example. <laughs> you ready? Quando ero giovane, ho giocato per Petrarca Rugby. <laughs> Nailed. What do you Thank think? you. I want to know where you found this. It was actually a cafe in uh, in East London, and the guy working there used to play for Petrarca, and used to ha- he played for Italy at age level. And then I remembered his accent, and then we we're in Veneto, and I heard people that sounded like him, and I was like, oh, that must be the that's the accent. And his wife played for the Italy women's team, but now I can't remember who his wife, what his wife's name was. So they live in in London, in East London. Um, and him and his wife, so he played for 
Petrarca and she played for the women's team. But I but I think they're all they're like in their late 30s now. I don't know. Yeah, he I don't know anything about like women rugby in Italy before 2017. Yeah. <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> I think that's incredible. The fact that you've in what six years yeah. basically of playing rugby. Yeah. I also been to a I've Cup. also been like really lucky from the perspective that in all the club I've been like in Colorno basically also in Gnob, like coaches are, has been have been like really really like available for me just to like do extra stuff and just like teach me I don't know scrum position throwing for the line outs or just like extra tackling and whatever because I want to like try to close the gap among me and the other girls you know when you start late you see that gap that is really really huge and I've been lucky enough to play in good team with really good players so that gap was incredible and I just want to accelerate the, the, the learning and everything I've never been lucky what have you been not that lucky it's about the injury because I've done like the first three years yeah. perfectly with no injury at all and then COVID and then like that's the third six nation in a row that I miss and it's like you have been like when you are out for a while my focus is like okay I'm happy because I can do other stuff in my life I can improve my I don't know physical preparation and everything but you don't have the opportunity to train or just to play and so my impression is yeah. that like my rugby level could be much higher if I hadn't that injury so sometimes like hope oh, yeah, I can imagine like mentally that must be really frustrating, yeah. right? To have to accept yeah, just, that, that period yeah. of injury where there's not much you can do except improve. Yeah, then I'm pretty lucky also because I'm surrounded by good people that help me to like change the perspective. So if my first like reaction to an injury would be, again, I have not the opportunity to train, to learn, to improve, to play, uh, why again? Then they just help me to refocus and say, okay, it happened for some reason that maybe you don't know now, but yeah. you will find out and just focus on something else, focus on your routine at uh, physio or just studying or doing whatever yeah. else. And it, and it is such a, it's a part of the game, getting injured, yeah. unfortunately. ACL obviously is a terrible, terrible injury. There. That's mm -hmm. such yeah. a pain. But, you know, it's it, I imagine it is a, clubs are used to it. Everyone's used to it. That sort of injuries will come, injuries will go. Yeah. And as you say, the most important thing is having, you know, support and yeah. being surrounded by people who are there, who, you know, will be there through through the good yeah. and the bad. Well, yeah. if if your hand, if the next scans don't come back exactly as you want, coach doubles up as a motivational speaker. He's actually a life coach. <laughs> I've been compared to Obama. I'm going to leave it there. So one question I really want to ask, because it's something I, I've tried to research and I... I can't actually get the information. So Italy have, I think, 23 federally contracted mm -hmm. female 25 players. now, yes. 25. Amazing. But in a squad, and then they've got a couple of players who play like yourself in England, professionally with Exeter and other players maybe in France. That In that squad, there will be a few players who aren't professional. And I'm really interested in how that dynamic works when a, when a squad comes together between amateurs, semi-pros and pros. Is that... But how's that so, work? I will tell really the truth. Even if we have contract now, nobody live as a pro. I mean, yes, they are they are contracts and they give us uh, something. But both the federation, both the reality of the fact, believes that these kind of contracts are not just to give us the opportunity just to live on rugby and live a pro life, but they are just a support 
so that uh, the federation wants us to have a double career. So if you are young or just want to study, to study, and they will help you with uh, the taxes at uni, for example, or they have some like um, uh, collaboration with some uni and you don't have to pay for your study, the federation will cover your the cost of that. Or if you are like, if you want to work, you can work. But it's from a, an athlete perspective, it's not a choice, but it's you have to because otherwise you will not survive with what you receive. Yeah. And also in a medium long term perspective, we are aware that we don't get enough to live on rugby after, neither during neither after. And also from a federation point of view, they stress the point that the contracts are not and probably will not be in the future like a, a way to make us pro, but just a way to help us as a double career. Also, when so come back to your question, when we join in camp, for example, we are all the same and there is no uh, difference at all among the ones that have the tier one contract, the tier two, the third three, right. or the ones without contracts. The only thing is that uh, if you are, they call like full-time, part-time and like a scholarship, that's the names they give to the three different tiers. So if you have if you have a part-time contract, you of course get less money and you also have the possibility if you have like job things to do, you can uh, not come come to, um, to camp two days after, for example, or just you just don't mm-hmm. give the full av- availability. Whereas if you have full mm-hmm. full-time contracts, you have to be there all the days or just whenever they call you. So that's the only practical, let's say, difference. But then when you're in camp, also like both when you're in camp, both during the season when you are with the club, I would say that only us that are abroad, like me, Francesca, we can be full-time or if we choose to, we can also only play rugby. But if you are in Italy, also like, the kind of schedule of the week normally it's like then i don't know if they change but it's like free trainings per week from uh, 8 to mm-hmm. 10 in the night and so during the day you will have the whole day free so yeah. that of course you want to do something else because otherwise it will be like nothing in your life yeah you can do like some gym some extra stuff but still you will have like a lot of spare time whereas like in england we we train during the day the day so you can't have a full-time job for example you just have to go for a part-time yeah. if you want to. And uh, so I would say, yeah, the, there is not much difference in reality of the fact. That's fascinating. Well, thank yeah. you. Because it's really hard to get that information. Yeah, you yeah. can try and Google it, especially when I'm Googling it in my level six, going on to level <laughs> seven Italian. Yeah, but also, like also in Italy, people that can search that in Italian, I don't think that you will find this information because it's just like, uh, you know, sometimes... It's more about how you call the contracts, like full-time, part-time, scholarship. You will find the reality of the fact that is way far from how that's are called. Yeah, because as you say, full-time, it's still not... No, 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 not of us. It's like pro. All of us just study yeah. or work or coach or do some stuff. And can I ask, and I don't know if, whether you know, but um, in, in terms of, is that... The Federation obviously pushes that because it's in their interest, but do they do that also with the men? So this idea that like, oh, if you can study alongside, we will support it and we will recommend it. 
or is it something that is more because of finances etc for the so i think that they have the same um, collaboration with uni and everything so that also the male team is Mm -hmm. supported if they want to start a uni the federation will pay for the for the uni and everything and probably they will also encourage them to start studying something or just think to a dual career because rugby will not last forever. But I don't mm-hmm. think that in the past they stress this point as much as they do with us. And I also think that it's different because the generation of male players that are playing now in the Italian team, they grow up knowing that one day they, will, they could be just rugby player. And mm-hmm. so they just grow mm-hmm. up, uh, yeah, maybe studying or doing something apart from rugby but they knew that financially they can live on rugby whereas like our generation of player we grew up with the idea rugby is uh, as a part of my life an important part of my life but not the core of my income and so we grew up with this idea I'm not sure in like maybe in 10 years girls we grew up with the idea I can be a rugby player and rugby will be my main income but right now it's just like a different perspective. And I'm pretty sure also that they can't go to their male team and saying, oh, from now you have to have a dual career. They would say, why? I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, I can just play yeah. rugby. I remember listening to a podcast and it was an interview with Tommaso Allen. And he was saying that when he was a young international, he used to love it with Sergio Parise and Castro Giovanni because they had so much money and they'd pay for everyone's night out. Yeah, yeah also these kind of like team things they do or just like, it's not like that for us. Like if you ask them like uh, about Six Nation, for example, after the game, they probably go out and that they, their best night out in different Europe cities and everything. Whereas this is different because last year we played on Sunday, for example, go back home and the day after most of us went back to work. And so you can't have a night yeah, out if you are yeah. to be in the office at eight in the morning, for example. It's just like as simple as that, different lifestyle, yeah. Do you find when, obviously they're at different times, but is there much interaction between the sort of Italy men's team and Italy women's teams? So like not really, because even now that from COVID, our Six Nations is being postponed. Yeah. So, the, so that we play also in different like window and uh, they are based basically in Rome and we are basically based in mm-hmm. Parma. So that there is no that much interaction. Maybe there is like, for example, I played in Colorno, that is really near Parma. So I knew some of the players from the team that plays for yeah. Zebre and the same for the girls that play in Treviso or in Veneto. But there is not much like uh, organized uh, interaction among the male and the female team. Whereas like at club level is different, I would say. Because when I played in Colorno, like uh, we had lots of interaction with the male team. I also trained with them sometimes, like throwing session, we had throwing section together that I did really enjoy and I also think that this kind of interaction both on the pitch like you can easily do like a gym session together or throwing session like you're saying with Grenoble you were living yeah. in the same or like this country. kind of thing so also off the pitch like now next there I live in a, a kind of hotel with four girls and five boys from the male team and this kind of also off the field interaction not yeah. only like going out yeah. after the game but also like in daily life I think they do really help because immensely enlarged like the club uh, spirit we're happy to go to watch them and support them and they come to our games that is always really good but also for example if we went home it happened a few times in in Exeter we went home and we had a scrum session and uh, there is me and Charlie and she's also prop she played tight head and play lose that and we were against and we disagreed about like I thought I was 
in a position it was like Arwin and so we just asked the boys what's your opinion about that just showing them like the video of the session and just like discuss with them and that's good because for us it's like learning since they had much more time to train and they did that for longer time they had such a good like culture of rugby and knowledge and for them also I think it's pretty good because they don't know anything about like female rugby they thought we were pro and they thought we we earn as much money as them they didn't know many things uh, like the US team they don't have any contracts the canadian teams they don't have any contracts for us it's been like the the normality of the facts since like two years ago and so like it's really interesting because they learn about us and we learn from them it's one of the only way to go over the prejudice that lots of the male players have against the female the rugby played by like women they think maybe it's like less physical less like technical uh, but once you talk with them also you they see you training every day and put like all your energy in that some of them just told me ah, i didn't know that you spend that much time uh, like training and it's just like you know it's impressive what you did and can we train together and things like that and to me that's all because it's like by facts that yeah. you that you break like prejudice and everything and actually that that brings us nicely onto a question eddie that you you and coach were talking about earlier simon middleton proposing this change in women's oh, yeah, about the kick yeah. yeah if the try is scored on the touchline right i think on... it was if the try is scored in the touchline you can move the conversion in 10 meters yeah something in there yeah what do you think about that i mean I, he he thinks it would make it so I'm not a kicker, so I probably can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> but like there is a lot of proposition in this kind of like aspect, like also using uh, smaller balls on these kind of things. And of course, yeah. like uh, when you start talking about that, you also have to think like the ball, for example, from a like logistic point of view, like how does it cost to change all the ball you have in the world from the woman team? But like for the kicker it would be much easier because you don't have to change anything, just like rules. And from one point of view, it's always like when you have to like change the rules, disappointing because it seems like, oh, you're making it easier because we are not good enough. But at the same time, it's also there is some adaptation that just make sports yeah. better if you think could be also good from the perspective that adaptation is not bad it's just like yeah. uh, being yeah. aware I'm not sure about the kick because i'm not a kick i don't know how much 10 meters can change and i don't know yeah. like uh, the impact that has uh, i don't know anything as a thrower i throw and as a thrower like uh, if they made like the 15 line i don't know the line of uh, the line out 13 meters instead of 15 for example because not mm-hmm. all the thrower has the 15 i would be probably disappointed because i know that reaching the 15 is not impossible for a woman so i would be like uh, i don't need that because i know that if i train properly and if i focus properly i can do that i mean i guess when i when i read it i I didn't i didn't really like it i i I thought it's sort of you know you've got had some great female kickers who, who are really good and it sort of takes it away. But then I also understand that, say, if their percentages are a little bit shorter, it does sort of punish tries scored by the backs yeah. on the touchline a little bit more than it does in the in the men's game. Yeah. So it actually sort of affects the score a bit more and there becomes more of an impetus to try and, which you might love, you know, right in the middle of the park, pick and go. But it sort of rewards those tries more than... The, the winger try on the line. Yeah. So do you think the, uh, if you're based in Parma, could the Italian women's team beat Zebre? The Italian, our team beat Zebra. I would love to. <laughs> I would, oh my God, that would be an amazing, I would pay so much money to watch that. <laughs> I would love to play that game, the way. So that wasn't one of my official questions I had written down. I just thought I'd throw that in there. They should do that as like a charity game. Although obviously that might. The ambulance would be called quite often. 
game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Those zebra players are pretty tough. I, I, I think they would be, actually they're not tough at all. And no, we love zebra. <laughs> we we talk about zebra a lot. Zebra is great. Good for them. They're in South Africa. We wish them all the best. But this podcast not about them. <laughs> it's about you. Um, actually, it's sort of connected, but not. I don't know if you heard, but obviously this morning the news that came out was um, that the Fiji Cheese, so the Italian um, Football Federation, has put in a bid for the Euros in 2032, and that they've sort of combined it or want to combine it with the FIRS oh, really? application for. I didn't know yeah, that. so they've just announced that. Um, basically, um, the Italian Rugby Federation has said, we support this bid entirely. I think they have been collaborating on some things already, but they came out and said, we're really in support of this um, because if the football can get a Euros there, we want to make sure that all of the stadiums that get set up for these Euros are rugby compliant. So, you know, they've got everything in place so that we can then put in a bid for the men's yeah. World Cup in 2035 and the women's in 2037. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, That's cool. I think Italy would be a great country to host the Rugby World Cups. Yeah. yeah. And all will be way heavier, <laughs> you know, with all the pasta pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the joke that we have whenever Benetton are playing at home. We're like, the best thing to do is when it, when we play at home, the teams come over from Scotland, Wales, Ireland, South Africa, and we just give them loads of spritz, <laughs> loads of prosecco, and they forget that they're there for a rugby game. <laughs> but yeah, a World Cup in Italy yeah, would be, be amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, something um, that I can't really think about. I would probably be retired, yeah. but that's here. But... <laughs> but then being retired would maybe even be more fun because then you can sort of wander around like a VIP yeah. and really enjoy it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder, would there be sort of, if they were to be successful with the World Cup bid in sort of 10, 12 years, whatever, do you think there would be pressure on you guys yeah. as players to kind of make yeah. sure that the quality... Yeah. and pressure and also... Of course, they know that you can't just improve a team by putting pressure on them, but also give them yeah. all the means. Like see, so like New Zealand, what they did because they also got yeah. they got like super good contracts and like all the means to improve the game and everything. So I'm pretty sure that if we host a World Cup one day, of course, there will be like way, way much like way to improve our game. Yeah, and it would be amazing starting from the minute that it gets approved yeah. right so like from say it's in a year or two yeah. straight away like the, the yeah it would be good yeah. would be well fingers crossed and also would be good you know for like let all the girls in the country that rugby exists because of course if you have a world cup yeah. there will be like some announcement or just when you walk in this the town on your day off yeah. you walk as a team and so people recognize you and ask you which sports do you play and kind of questions like that this would be a really really good like way to like make everyone aware that rugby exists and I hope it will be yeah. covered by TV or just like from some broadcast or whatever so to yeah. be like more accessible to be I mean they are getting better aren't they I think uh the women's six nations I'm not in Italy so I don't know but I know that the men's was on uh normal. is on the TV is not unclear yes you have to pay like it's paying oh, on okay. TV but yeah last year was unclear but that's it right it's all about exposure like the minute that yeah. if Italy could get a world cup then maybe you wouldn't have had to wait no, till yeah. you got to Spain to discover yeah. rugby that's what yeah I mean that's why also when like school asked me just to go there and yeah I'm always so happy to do that because if you just make one girl play start playing yeah. 
look like how much rugby changed my life. It's changed my life completely, like from a daily perspective in the fact that I spent probably four years, four hours per day training. Also in a long-term perspective, because I changed all my life plan um, for yeah. better, of course. And it also changed me as a person, giving me like lots of friends that I would probably never know before. And so if the life of one girl can change like that, I would be like the epispirate person on earth. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's always like so good to have the opportunity to let like people know that rugby exists and everyone can start playing because sometimes also like when I went to this when I went to some school here just to talk about rugby it was like oh but I'm not strong enough to play rugby or just like I'm not physical enough or I'm not yeah. enough or I don't know things like that but everybody can anyone yeah. Eddie, we, Eddie and I were talking about this the other day like right it's Ed, rugby is that sport that actually there's a position for everyone like you're too you're small there's a position yeah. for you you're tall there's a position for you you're bigger there's a position yeah. for you you're slower there's a position I mean yeah and it's... also something that's maybe I sometimes forget is that yeah there is like the egg level the national level the international level but there is also like the Italian level or just playing for fun and maybe for some yeah. girls also that suits better their life because they have some like important job they don't want to quit for example or just like they want just to play for fun just to spend time with the other girls so it's quite good because you have completely different level different positions so whatever is your yeah. body type or whatever is your like ambition in your life you want to be an international player or just like play for fun you can have your spots yeah. did you find so when you first started with Colorado was it straight away you knew our oh, front row this felt right or how did you find your position uh, they just start telling me your front row and you Oh, yeah. fine. <laughs> so it was as simple as that, yeah. Uh, they just moved me like I started tighted. And then uh, when they asked me if I want to go and play for the national team, they need someone that can throw. So they asked me, do you want to like learn throwing? And I was like, yes, of course. And then so they swapped me as a hooker. I played some game as a hooker. And then they told me, oh, we don't have any Lozat. Would you like to learn as a Lozat? So yes, of course. So I so I finished playing Lozad. And for a few seasons, I was playing Lozad and throwing the line outs. And then I'm just like in England, I'm just playing Lozad. And for the Italian team, I was supposed to be six nation to play Lozad and throw line outs, maybe in the second half, something like that. But I'm not injured. So you do them all. You've done everything. It's just like, it's good because it's like opportunity to learn. So it's good. Yeah. But yeah. But always front row. Yeah. That's amazing. That is so amazing. That, that versatility. That's so impressive. Yeah. Rich played for years, so he can only pass off one hand. <laughs> I could pass off both. Can't all be scrum halves. <laughs> for the socially inept people, there's a place for everyone, and that's place scrum half. <laughs> so, yeah, we we don't want to keep you too long, but this really, obviously the Six Nations has started. You had probably the two toughest games mm-hmm. straight away. Yeah. For anyone listening that doesn't know everything about women's rugby which is my mum again my mum listens to this and she doesn't know <laughs> that my mum does when it's they went a... to the world cup they asked me where are you going why or like when they invite me playing for barbarians oh, I, call, yeah. I called my mum and said like so barbarians invited me and she was like is it a good or bad thing <laughs> <laughs> bad thing so you don't have in your family, I guess, there's no sort of rugby history. No, just my brother. He loves rugby and okay. he used to play. Then he stopped. Then when I started like 
planning more seriously. He was jealous of me. And so he started again planning and is now working in Switzerland. She's, he is an engineer. And so he's now like planning and coaching a team there. Is he, is he a similar size? Are you able to give him lots of kit and stash? That's an important <laughs> question. How much stash do you get as an international rugby player? I imagine what? Exeter gives you quite stash. Is what we call the kit. What's stash? You know? What's stash? So stash is sort of any kit that you get that's got the logo on it. So training shorts, training tops, ah, stuff, kits, yeah, yeah. hats, bags, yeah. socks. So <laughs> my brother, one of my first like um, camps with Italian team, I come back with suitcase full of like kit, everything, full, full, full. And they, every year we change everything. So we just have like, we can like give as a gift or whatever we want. And I leave this suitcase full of everything at home. And when I went back, I couldn't find my suitcase. It was like, Matteo, do you know where it is? So it just sold everything to my friends. <gasps> no! I thought you were going to say he took it. No, he, like for himself. He sold it. And then there was like friends sending me photos. It was like, oh, that's good. Well, I wish <laughs> he told me. I would have made a bid. <laughs> <laughs> and then like... From that, I know that he does really like uh, shorts of other nationality as mine. So I try to always swap shirts because I know he likes them. So I gave Aww. him, yeah. That's the only thing. That's nice of you yeah. after he stole all your stuff. Yeah. But very kind of yeah. you. I know. <laughs> well, next time he's putting things on eBay, let Eddie know. Because Eddie, Eddie loves any stash, any kit. <laughs> when you <laughs> come to Parma next time, I'll try to see if I can steal him something of mine. To give I'll be very careful saying that. <laughs> I, I, I booked the flight. Okay, see you <laughs> next week. Oh, I wish we could be there, right? I mean, obviously, it's so sad that you're not playing, but soon you will be. But um... I will be there for the streets. Great. Excellent. <laughs> That's all we need. Because then it's, what's the next one at home? So there's obviously this weekend. We have Ireland this weekend. Then we go to Scotland next week. And then we have the last game, Wales at home. At home. Oh, great. On day 29, I guess. So come back to your question before. Yeah, we had like England and France. That's like for like your mom, my mom. England is like another level. They are just like the best team in the world, probably. Mm. And then France as well. They There is a little like quite a gap among them and us. But it's like more like there. We beat them before the World Cup. Yeah. We beat them in 2019. So it's more like accessible, we would say. And now like one week off for Easter. And then we have like Ireland, Scotland, Wales. So these three are the most like probably like target game. Them, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Italy are the fifth best, important to the world rankings. Italy yeah. are the fifth best team in the world. I mean, there, there, there may be a bit of a gap between England, New Zealand and France at the top. They said Italy have beaten France. Yeah. But then I think Canada are fourth. And then yeah. Italy fifth. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. these next three games coming up, I mean, yeah, yeah. very, very I exciting. Really well, also because depending on the, the placement down of Six Nation, this will decide for the tournament we will have in October, ah. September, October this season. That seems probably in South Africa. And so depending on the placement, that will be like two tiers. And so it's quite important. Uh, mm. so you Try to, to in... finish like third. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one thing yeah, that was always yeah. forgotten in the years gone by when people would have that really annoying talk about Italy being in the Six Nations. But the yeah. Six Nations is combined. The men's, the women's and the under 20s are all locked in together. Yeah, so it must be quite frustrating when people are having that conversation. You know, hang yeah. on, we're the fifth best yeah. team in the world. Yeah, because if you think about, about like from our perspective, it's kind of impossible to think about Six Nations without Italy. I mean, yeah, it's quite bad to say maybe from an Italian perspective, but 
I wouldn't like can imagine a Six Nation without Italy or just like imagine not to be in Six Nation. Also, when there was like bad period for the male team, for example, they always like and lost. So it was like tough. They didn't seems that there was a really big gap. We were sorry for them. All the journalists were asking like, oh, uh, it's bad to have like a bad male team or just like uh, you're much better than the male team or things like that. We were sorry for the male team. I'm. We wish that yeah. they win. We're yeah. a country and there is no point to make like uh, you're better than them or they are better than you or just like, uh, oh, female are better than male. No, I just want the Italian male Italian team to win. Yeah. It looks good for everyone. Everyone yeah. wants everyone, yeah. right? Because you're you're one nation. Yeah. I mean, you guys say it's looking pretty good at the minute with the, yeah. the men's Italian side, the, the, the men's under 20s Italian side yeah. looking good. Your team's looking really, really good. Best World Cup result you've ever had yeah, yeah. best world cup for any italian side yeah. right yeah. just getting yeah. out of the group was yeah. amazing so it's only going to build from there yeah um you were there you were part of the 2019 six nations yeah i was there i was not playing i just played like the last five minutes i guess because it was but you yeah. were with the camp yeah that's, we were with I mean, that. that's yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. result yeah. that's amazing that was right? amazing yeah that year was really good finished yeah. second in the yeah six that nations. was unbelievable and yeah. also like for me, it was one of my first Six Nations, so I probably wasn't that aware of uh, the importance of the results we got because, I, yeah. yeah, we win, but I was starting to be used to winning because we beat Ireland, for example, we beat Wales, yeah. and never happened before that Italy beat Ireland, for example, but for the viewers that were there, like, since uh, the previous, previous World Cup or when they didn't qualify for yeah. the World Cup, just beat, like... Ireland was like massive to me it was like yeah. yeah we won a game for them yeah, yeah yeah but we won Ireland or just like when we won France and there was some girls that played in France told me like you can't believe how important for us is beating France then I moved to France I understand what they mean because just like <laughs> if you live abroad and play abroad when you beat the country you play for you play for, for your class yeah just like it go back to home and it's like hi yeah do you have a favorite game of rugby that you've played? Uh, so uh, there was like a, a test match against Scotland in 2018. That was like the first game where I played more than uh, like three minutes. And then because of course, when you start playing, you only get like a few minutes yeah, yeah. at this end of the game. And that was the only game, the first game when I started having like uh, 30 minutes, for example. So at that point I was starting like, oh, okay, I can play. Actually, I can play international. I have never been like really confident in myself. It was like, oh, I start late, so I'm not good enough. I have to close this gap. Uh, uh, I'm not enough and the kind of things. Then we play. And so I was like, oh, I, I don't worth being here because I'm not as good as the other. And then we placed England, I think it was 2020, just, yeah, during COVID, it was like a postponed Six Nation match in Italy. And I just, that game was like, Silvia, you need to just play one game without thinking you're not enough and just play and mm -hmm. talk whatever you can. That game would, of course, like lose as always with England. But for me personally, it was a really important game because it was just playing and enjoyed and making lots of like tackling and it was like really really building confidence and it was like okay I can play international now and just yeah. like enjoy playing so I would say like for Italy this two plus the one after ACL after one year being out just yeah. being there and yeah I remember like I was hollow to only play 20 minutes because the knee was not that good and everything and uh, like 
at the half time, the coach told me warm up and I was like, oh, I'm playing more than 20 minutes. No, they left me warm up for 20 minutes. <laughs> and in the warm up, I did like 35 tackles against the strength conditioning coach because I was super nervous about playing and super excited and tackle. And so that game was important because, yeah, when you do like a long-term injury and it was the first one for me, it was being like, I also spent all the physio and the recovery at home, not with the team, but just like with my personal physio. And so far from the team, uh, I missed the World Cup qualification. And that's something that's really, really like I struggled with. And then I was supposed to be back for the World Six Nation, but they postponed that because it was not ready. And so it's been really, really finally I'm planning. I would say these three games. And of course, like the game with Barbarians is another kind of rugby because of course it's not national team. You don't have any pressure, I would say. Yeah. It's just enjoyment. And it just happened at the right moment in my life because it was like a planning and just think about I have to perform well I have to perform well and there was just enjoyment that's all so it sounds like it's the games where you just you know you go like I just want to have fun I'm just yeah. gonna you and know. that's probably the aspect of rugby that I miss the most just yeah. fun enjoyment because I'm much more focused on the performance or just like uh, this kind of aspect because I'm just I'm just like that and that game really helped me to add this dimension on my rugby like rugby career generally so it was just perfect amazing barbarians as well what a lovely kit they play in (laughs) did your brother steal that shirt no (laughs) the shirt is here somewhere by still some of the shorts or something else i don't know he's very lucky he's a very lucky brother yeah he is Well, for what it's worth, I understand that feeling of I came to this sport late and so I have to prove myself, I have to close the gap. But from what we can see, you are amazing and there is Thank you. I don't I don't see a gap. So I no. mean, you know, the fact that you started playing six, seven years ago or whatever and you're here now, um, I just think that's incredible. Oh, and every coach as well, coach after coach, club after yeah. club, country after country, you know, they're all seeing they it. all back you. Yeah, that's amazing. something that I'm really enjoying about that. If I think like from outside for a moment and just see my yeah. like rugby career from outside, I'm really glad for two things. The first one is the people, because I had the opportunity to meet lots of people. And now if I think about my network, it's mostly people related to rugby and they are yeah. wonderful people and they are from all around the world. I know if I want to go in New Zealand, I have someone there who can ask me or just I can spend time with. Or And it's, it's the same in pretty all the world. And also like to live lots of different life because of course my life in Exeter is completely different from the life I was living in yeah. the year before of course it's challenging also from a language perspective for, for example it's sometimes frustrating because you can't express as good as you can in Italian for example or just in French at the start very starting was difficult because I didn't know anything about French and it was like hmm yeah. <laughs> but then it's just so good because also think about learning languages. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm improving my English now that I'm in England. And I I learned French from zero when I was in France. Yeah. And that's so good. If you think like also for a like afterlife career or just like if you go to France, you're able to communicate with people. That is just right. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, having yeah. four languages that you can communicate. Yeah. Guys, all right, all right. Let's not rub it in. Let's not <laughs> rub it in. I will book. I will book my lessons next week. <laughs> Actually, Eddie, your teacher is Maestra Silvia. Really? She. Yeah. Maestra Silvia. <laughs> She's a good one. The name <laughs> speaks for itself. Un nome una garanzia. Good one. <laughs> Ma. 
non ho, fat non ho fatti i miei compiti. Non ho fatto i miei compiti. Aia. Maestra Silvia wants to be happy? No, no, è un problema. Hopefully she's not listening the podcast. Do your homework before tomorrow. <laughs> I doubt she listens to the podcast, but I can recommend it to her. Yeah. So cut this part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. You've done your homework. Talia. Talia. I mean, you don't have to answer this question, but if you had to put a prediction for the game on Saturday, what would your score prediction be? So, we'll be Italy win, of course. And uh, we'll be 25-17. I'm going across the road to William Hill right now. <laughs> I'm putting everything I have on it. Which are your score prediction? Italy win. Um, I think I'm going to say 31 23. Okay. And you? I'm going to go for what's the weather like in Parma? Should be Saturday. okay. <laughs> I take this very seriously. The game's on Saturday in the afternoon. Right, so it's it's a pretty nice day. It's about the highs of 24 degrees, lows of 15. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a running game. So I think I'm going to go 32-18. Ireland or for Italy? For Italy. This is an Italian rugby podcast. We're very... <laughs> Double-checking. Coach, your score? I think Italy are going to lose... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, we said at the beginning that we cut what he says, so we'll cut him out. Of no, the no, 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 I'm joking. Three, two, three, two, one, go. I'm no, I'm joking. I think they're going to win by about 15. Okay, uh, but you need to give me a number. Uh, there'll be tries on both sides, I would say. Yeah, so it'd be like 21. I don't know how to add. 21-7-ish. Yeah. I'm going to keep all these scores, guys, and I'm going to post them on our socials and we'll see who gets, who's closest. And who win? What win? Ooh. The what? Who wins what? What does the winner get? Your brother sends <laughs> us some shorts. Send us some stuff. <laughs> okay. And if Sylvia wins, we'll fly out to Parma or to Exeter. We'll come to somewhere and yeah. we'll... We come to we'll... support us in Exeter. Yeah. We'll buy rounds of spritz. Okay. The spritzes are well on done. us. Nice. Nice. Who's going to ask Sylvia the big question that I know you've both been wanting to ask? Oh, about. is it about il cibo? Sì. Um, <laughs> quale cibo tu preferisci di inglese? What, for anyone who doesn't speak Italian, what is your favourite British food? Bacala con patate. Uh, during Christmas period at uh, training, they cooked us a really good roast and that was oh. good. With gravy and everything, that was really good. Can't Then I don't know if it's English, the apple crumble with the coffee. <gasps> yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, and uh, also, I didn't know. I I don't know again if it's English or not. Ah, fish and chips as well. It's nice. Yeah, but only <laughs> if it's good. Otherwise, it's like. Oh. And then, <laughs> otherwise, well, she washes it under the sink. Yeah, I cut the. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no lemon drizzle is that english oh my god i made a lemon drizzle yesterday so did i no yes. because i didn't know lemon drizzle then uh, claude claudia mcdonald the winger that plays also for england so yeah. uh, we played together in exeter and it was her birthday and uh, When it's someone's birthday, I always make a cake for the player. Oh. And so I asked her which is her favorite cake. And she told lemon drizzle. 
I have no idea what lemon drizzle was. <laughs> so I had to Google it and I found out the recipe. And now it's one of my best cakes. Yes, me too. I didn't know what it was and I love it. And I, yes. yeah, literally so yesterday good. I made it thinking I really was craving lemon drizzle. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. There you go, guys. You basically, she's given you uh, a roast, fish and chips, lemon drizzle and apple crumble. Yeah. That's two full meals there. Hard to beat. <laughs> nice. no, no italian meal could beat that well <laughs> no every time we go to uh, so we travel a lot back to Treviso to support Benetton and sometimes we've been to Parma we've done go to Rome for the rugby as well um but every time coach is just like why don't we live here why don't <laughs> Same, there is Clara and Nicole they're like my teammates in Frexton they are now in Parma because they play for Ireland and I send them like a list of restaurants where they have to go. And there is like ice cream place, 10 places to go. <laughs> like restaurant for the team, restaurant to go to get a few with people, a uh, snack during the, gay, the day, a uh, switch snack uh, or just like uh, other snack. And uh, they are sending me photos of food and that. Oh, yeah. So proud of them. Yeah. Well, because we're a spritz and scrums podcast, what's your favorite spritz? Um, Campari or Aperol? I've always been drinking uh, April one, but I tried the Campari and it's pretty good as well, yeah. When we meet up, when we come to support you, you don't mind if we go April? No, you can choose for me, yeah. Okay. So, okay. ho detto, uh, quando ero, ero giovane, ho giocato per Petrarca <laughs> in Padova. You sound, you sound like an English priest doing a Latin mass. <laughs> I feel like I'm at school again. Yeah, il mio restaurante uh, sul TripAdvisor um, numero tre in Padova. Oh my God, British food restaurant. Mm. It's oh the third God. rated restaurant know. in Padua, Padova. Oh, it's true. When we were in Padova, we were like, oh, let's see what's good to eat. Uh, and number uh, back then, it was like two years ago. Back then, it was number one yeah. on TripAdvisor. Oh my God, British food restaurant. No way. 539 <laughs> five-star reviews. Bloody hell. So next time you're I in mean, Padua. Yeah, we, I mean, I will ask my friend. There is one of my friends that live in Padua. I will ask them about that. Yes, please find out. What's the name? Oh, my God. English food. Oh, my God. British food restaurant. <laughs> it's a very catchy name. But it's it kind of works because, because, oh, my God, is kind of like the English Mamma Mia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like someone having Mamma Mia Italian restaurant. Oh, my God. British food. But it's like. You find this in the top like le- ranking because you just look yeah. for a British restaurant. No, no, no. It was like more out of all the Ita- all of Can't the restaurants be. in Padova. In fact, no, if you go on Google, I'm I'm doing like right now. Yeah, yeah. Check on Google. Just go on Google Maps. Oh my god, that's, that's just five hundred and thirty-eight drunk Englishmen. <laughs> but what are they doing in Padua? Well, that's what they're trying to work out. That's why they want English food. Yeah. Oh my god! Right okay. by the river. That. 4.5 and 600 reviews. Be really good. I'll call my friend later and update you about that. Yeah, please, please. Oh, I just know, Googled please. on TripAdvisor, Padova, <laughs> and there is, oh my God, British food restaurant. It's the third one. I know. And I wasn't, Ellie didn't let me go. Why? Because I was like, come on, we're in, I'm not going to a British food restaurant in Padova. I'm sorry, but. I bet her. <laughs> but look at the reviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> you can't you can't even believe it. You I can see in your face you you're not believing this is an honest 
Yeah, I'm surprised by my phone. I'm afraid that you're on my phone right now. (laughs) Guys, I mean, next time, if there's ever a game with Padawan, I'm telling you, we are going there. Yeah, we're going. That's why why the English food's so bad. All the the chefs have moved to Italy. (laughs) (laughs) All over there. I'm pretty sure, oh my gosh, restaurants should sponsor us, by the way. We've made lots of advertising. Right? We should get sponsorship. Let's work on that, guys. We're sponsored by Huel. I'm working on the Huel, the Huel sponsorship deal as we speak. Working on, yeah, sponsorships from, oh my God, British Italian, Huel, Aperol, Campari, any kind of spirit, Prosecco, we don't mind, you know, we we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, Silvia, thank you so, so much. It's been so fun. Thank you. It was a really fun chat. Also for me, and really enjoyed your company and your questions. Thank Thanks. You. Well, you know, you said you've got contacts now, network all over the world. But yes. if you need somewhere in I'm London. I'm coming to uh, play okay. Saracens in London, I think oh. in May. I'll let you know the date. The thing I'll is text- that Saracens play in North London. London is London. Well, you'd think that, but unfortunately, well, actually, the South London, we've got Harlequins. But we'll go to Saracens. For you, we'll go to Saracens. Thank yeah. you so much. For you, we'll go okay, to let's Saracens. Okay, let's If I win... If I win the score prediction, yeah. you will come. Yes. And you have to support taxi. They're not Saracens. No way. I would never course, support Saracens anyway. In fact, in one of our podcasts a couple of episodes ago, we said that Exeter was our favourite English team. That's true. We did, we say, we did that. say that. So... I would offer Birmingham up, but no one wants to come to Birmingham. Why not? <laughs> well. <laughs> how, lo- how long have you got? <laughs> Just three reasons why not go to Birmingham. Uh, knife crime. <laughs> just Quite to start bad. soft you know yeah, yeah. We'll and that's number line. three yeah. and then number two is <laughs> well it, it, i think it rains the most in the whole of england oh. i think and... oh. reason why not so sylvia won't be there and tell us about the chicken does she have to wash the chicken i wouldn't i wouldn't even i don't know if they've got chicken here what do you hear? not chicken there are a lot of missing cats i just wouldn't yeah i just wouldn't go you live there <laughs> Yeah, but I, I had to come back because of COVID and then I just got stuck here. We launch an hashtag, free cuts from Birmingham. I'm going to escape. I'm going to escape it. and I'm going to live in Treviso. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> Silvia, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been so fun. It's um, really yeah, fun. I feel like we've learned so much. It's been fascinating just getting Thank you so much. Uh, honestly, the questions were really interesting also. Mm-hmm. Nice oh, thanks. It's our first time interviewing a professional really? athlete. So oh, we were so, we were so nervous. Yeah. You were our number one. We were like, who do we want to get on for our first, thank you. Our first interview? So you thank go. you so much for being We held our, rehearsals our beforehand. Number. We practiced. We made we made coach <laughs> pretend he was a professional athlete and we asked him questions. <laughs> he was in character. Mainly about the food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Don't get him started on chicken. <laughs> right. Well, grazie. Grazie mille. Grazie tanto. Grazie a voi. È stato davvero un onore. Thank you. Per me è un super piacere. Well, Bye. we're crossing everything for the win on Saturday and Man. and crossing even more for your return back into the team. Thank we you. can't and we wait to see you. Can't Thank wait. You so much. To get some Italy stash next time <laughs> we're in Parma. I have to play, otherwise I will not have the stash. Yeah, so we need yeah. this to go. Yeah, I bet your brother's like helping you with the physio. He's like, come on, come on, Sylvia. Yeah, like, yeah we need you on the pits now. <laughs> we are missing many stash, many kit, many planning kit, you know. We can so, sort yeah. this out right now. Some of Ellie's best friends, they're doctors in Switzerland, will send you out to your brother. <laughs> 
they can fix your hand because they're Swiss doctors, yeah. and then you can fly back with <laughs> or the stash that like, he's stolen. Honestly, the hand is broken, but she can yeah. play. <laughs> She'll be fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> just like school. Yeah, she's justified. She's broken, but she's okay. <laughs> Have a nice Bye. evening. Thank you so much. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. What an absolute rock star, isn't yeah. she? Oh, wasn't that amazing? I've got sort of girl crush going on. Yeah, really good. What a, what a great insight. What a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, right. It was just such. She was just so open and honest and like up for our ridiculous. Um, nonsensical banter which I really enjoyed um, and yeah I feel like I've I've learned a lot that I didn't know an hour ago so and for everyone listening to this if you want to see Italy play Ireland it's on Saturday all the way from Parma the home of Zebre and it is at 4.45 England time England time England time <laughs> 4.45 England time <laughs> 5.45 Italy time. And I think all the games in the UK are being streamed on uh, iPlayer, aren't they? So, you know, you have no excuse not to watch it. I am so looking forward to it. Um, and we'll be back. Obviously, this was a bonus episode that we've managed to squeeze in uh, ahead of this game on the weekend. We will be back with our normal episode uh, post this weekend, post Benetton, post Italy women's. Which looks exciting because Benetton have picked a really good bloody side to play the Sharks. The Sharks have picked a good side, but it's missing Etzbeth, missing a couple. Game on in South Africa. Game That's on in Friday. South Africa, game on in Palmer. We can't wait. Um, and we can't wait to see Sylvia back on the pitch. Um, yeah, I'm just so gassed for her return. So we have Benetton on Friday evening. Zebre playing the Bulls also in South Africa on Saturday at midday, England time. And then after that, Italy v Ireland. Let's wrap this up, guys. We'll see you next week. Forza Benetton, forza Italia, forza tutti. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao a tutti.